back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show, and we're going to bring on my very dear friend, the brilliant Steve Forbes, chairman and editor-in-chief of Forbes Media. Stephen has a new book called Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It. Steve Forbes, along with Nathan Lewis and Elizabeth Ames. I had a good visit. Uh, first of all, welcome, Steve Forbes. I haven't read the book, Steve, because you gave it to me on set at the end of our segment Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, uh, you, you got a fresh, fresh, fresh off the press copy. I know. It was I love when I brought it to you. <laughs> it was hot. The pages were warm. Uh, your your um, your note to me was lovely, and I appreciate it very much. Uh, I will read it because it looks very cool. Uh, I'll dig into it. Thank you. Um, you know, a couple things right at the top. Um, Biden is blaming inflation on Putin. What do you what do you, what do you make of that? <laughs> Well, you talked in your last segment about uh, the, this administration new lows, and uh, that was one of them a couple of weeks ago, uh, that uh, prices hadn't been rising before uh, uh, Biden had went to war against uh, the oil and gas industry. Uh, oil, uh, gasoline prices at the pump hadn't been rising until Putin invaded Ukraine. Come on now. This administration is falling in, and we discuss this in the book, every trap that a government that is mucking up its uh, currency goes for. And you're going to see starting talk. They're already going after oil company and gas company executives. You're going to start to see talk about price controls. You're already seeing talk about raising, uh, having a a so-called excess profits tax. And all of this is hurting an economy that should be vibrant. And given what is happening in the world, must be vibrant. We must have a counter, just as Ronald Reagan did in the 1980s. He got the bad stuff out of the way, cut taxes, reined in spending, went for more deregulation boosted military spending by uh, almost doubled it. And that's what we got to do now. But this administration, Larry, has not risen to the occasion on any front, domestic front or foreign policy. Yes, well, I would agree with that for sure. You know, he has it's a strong case of amnesia because his first 12 or 13 months is when the inflation developed. Uh, No kidding. Sure, sure, the, the last few weeks, there's no question uh, oil prices and gasoline prices, but they had been jumping uh, 40, 50 percent well before. And uh, that's their case of amnesia. The thing is, Steve, you know, looking at the Fed um, and their announcements on Wednesday. So they raised their target rate by one quarter of one percent. They're still buying bonds, at least through May. I mean, they're not shrinking their portfolio. They're increasing their portfolio. So they buy bonds and they pay for it by injecting cash into the economy. I mean, I would say the Fed, um, all this talk about the Fed tightening is nonsense. They haven't started to fight. Well, it's a pure pure case of economic malpractice and has been for a while. Even before COVID hit in 2020, the Fed was uh, undermining the integrity of the dollar. Then you have the economy shut down, supply chains are disrupted all over the world. You can't turn that back on with a switch. Then you have this administration gumming things up even more, starting with energy, making that uh, artificially more expensive. And now you have the Federal Reserve. They keep, as you say, printing money created. They pay for those bonds by uh, creating money out of thin air. They call up, say, Goldman Sachs and say, we want a billion dollars of treasuries. 
Goldman says, fine, they give them the bonds, and the Fed credits their account with money created literally out of nothing, out of the ether. It's the ultimate ATM. But the Fed knows that they're doing wrong things, but Jerome Powell wanted to be reappointed as chairman. And so what they've been doing is doing this overnight stuff called reverse repurchase agreements. All they are, in essence, doing is borrowing that money back on a 24-, 48-hour basis. A little over a year ago, uh, this gimmick was zero on the Fed balance sheet. Now, Larry, it's $1.6 trillion. Hmm. They're borrowing each night to try to keep uh, money flooding into the economy. That is just utterly unnecessary, and it's going to cause problems down the road this year and next year. They should be reducing that balance sheet instead of, as you pointing out, they're increasing it. They're still creating money and hoping that they can keep it from flooding into the economy. Uh, this is like a, a, a reservoir where you have a weak, a weak wall, and you just hope the thing doesn't flood into, in, into the town. It's, it's irresponsible. You know, I was thinking about this um... I mean, ultimately, inflation is the debasement in the value of the dollar. And right. there are a lot of ways to measure that. I mean, you can look uh, in the marketplace. Uh, there's a dollar exchange rate contract, the DXY, which has done relatively well. It's been fairly stable. But you remember, right. we used to talk about the price rule. Uh, you look at the dollar in relation to gold or a broad index of commodities. And basically, the dollar's been falling now for a couple of years. And the Federal Reserve, there's two things they won't look at. They're not looking at a commodity price rule, and they're not looking at the balance sheet money supply relationship that pushes in liquidity. So, I mean, if you look at the wrong targets, Steve, if you look at the wrong measures, you're going to come up with the wrong policies. Well, the whole way of looking at the world is wrong, and that's why for 40 years uh, the dollar has been uh, gradually declining. Yes, it has rallies from time to time, and the reason, by the way, the dollar is doing well in that index you just mentioned is because other countries are doing it worse than we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, Yeah, we're bad, but others are even worse. Not, not a very confidence-building uh, uh, thing to look at. So the, the, thing, the thing with the, with the Fed is, that you And you know this. It's called the Phillips Curve. It's not a baseball pitch. It's named after an economist who posited, and the Fed believes this, that prosperity causes inflation. So if you want low inflation, you have to have higher unemployment and a slower economy. If you want low inflation, uh, excuse me, if you want to have lower unemployment, you have to have higher inflation. Uh, history shows that's a nonsense formula, but the Fed believes it. And the danger here, getting to your point about 2022 and a slowdown possibly in in 2023 is the very fact the Fed doesn't know how to fight inflation except by depressing the economy. They won't say it, and that's why Powell put it off until he gets uh, re- reconfirmed as for another four-year term. But uh, that's the danger. They don't know how to fight. There are doctors who don't know how to fight the disease. They're bleeding the patient as they used to do in days of old. Of course, that got rid of the pain in the patient because it got rid of the patient. But they're, they're guilty of economic malpractice. They don't know how to fight the disease. You know, I'm looking, Steve, I just pulled up a chart of gold. So gold <clears throat> gold closed yesterday at 1921. If you go back a couple of years, the gold price in 2018 and 2019 was around 1250 So right. now it's 1900 and change. 
Now that's a devaluation of the dollar, in effect. I mean, those are the 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 seeds of inflation have been planted uh, in 2020, as you say, and continued in 2021. But again, if you don't look at the right metrics, you're not going to understand uh, what you're supposed to do. And I, you know, that your other point there, I think Powell was catering to Biden in 2021. I think you're absolutely right. He, you know, the Fed was conducting an emergency monetary policy when the emergency was long over, the economy was rising. And then what about the, all this government spending and deficit spending? That's got to play into it. Well, it plays into it because you have to finance it. And uh, we, they know that we know that one way they want to do it is by economy killing taxes, which would have hurt revenues, not increased them. And the other thing is that so that's why the Fed was doing also the buying. Uh, they the government was running up these deficits and they wanted to keep interest rates artificially low. And so as a result, the Federal Reserve bought an unprecedented amount of the debt. Uh, they 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 at some one point, Larry, over 50, 60 percent of the new debt was being bought by the Federal Reserve. And that's what you expect in third world, what they used to call banana republic uh, <laughs> economies, where uh, you, you're always cheapening your currency by having the central bank uh, gin up some more money. And that's what the Fed has been doing. So uh, the Fed uh, has this conceit that they're so smart that they can keep this extra money out of the economy from flooding into the economy through paying interest rates on reserves through these gimmicks like the reverse repurchase agreements and junk like that. And uh, they're, they're playing with fire. And it, it's just going to have a bad ending. I can't give you a scenario what's going to uh, trigger a, a, a bad ending, but you know when you do this kind of nonsense, bad things are going to happen. And one thing you've hit on it, and we've hit on it for years, Money is a measure of value. Right. And we don't float the clock each day. We don't float the ruler each day, 12 inches in a foot one day, six inches in the next. When you buy a gallon of gasoline, uh, the, that doesn't change in size each day. Money is a measure of value. And these people don't get it. The fundamental purpose of the Fed, they don't get. Yeah, I mean, I think that's very important. And again, the idea of a price rule uh, to measure money properly is almost a lost art. And I guess we should try to revive it. Again, gold tells the story. Or you can just look at all the commodities. Uh, it's the same story. The dollar has slumped very badly the last few years. And that was an indicator that inflation was coming. And I think this will not end well. Uh, we're talking to Steve Forbes, chairman and editor-in-chief of Forbes Media, and Steve's new book called Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, and how to fix it. You know, Steve, actually, inside the Fed, there's a lot of dissent now. I noticed, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you didn't have any for a long time, but I noticed my friend Jim Bullard, who's the head of the St. Louis Fed, uh, he actually dissented from the one quarter. And also Chris Waller, uh, who was at the St. Louis Fed, he's now on the Federal Reserve Board, uh, he's, I mean, they, they have to take big steps, not small steps. I mean, 50 basis points, 100 basis points to well, turn expectations. Well, to an extremely important point, and that is why are they setting interest rates? Oh. You know, interest rates are a price of money. It's like rent. What, what rent are you paying for the money? Well, when you go in an apartment, you pay rent. When you borrow the money, in effect, you're renting it. And the idea that they can manipulate, uh, use price controls on the price of money, 
as a way to control the economy with over 300 million people doing literally billions of transactions a day is hubris on the was on steroids. It's preposterous. Why are they doing? And that's what I hope one thing this book will help do is get a debate. Why is the Fed trying to guide, think they can guide an economy? It's uh, and it's accepted by almost everyone. It can't be done. Quantitative easing is all about meddling with interest rates, isn't it? Yes, it is. And uh, they think that by meddling like that, they can guide the economy like you uh, have cruise control on a car on a highway. We're not machines. And all the only question really, Larry, is how much damage will they do? We have periods where they do very little damage, but we have periods where they can do a lot of damage. And the Federal Reserve should only be active when there's a real crisis, a real panic or some disaster. Then, as the British showed us 150 years ago, you'd be lender of last resort. You come in and make sure the system doesn't fall apart. But otherwise, keep the money stable. And by mm. golly, the economy will work better. Hello. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and one, a... one statistic I want to leave you with. When we were on the Bretton Woods gold standard from the end of World War II to the early, uh, late 60s, early 70s, the average growth rate in this economy is 4.2%. Mm. Since we blew up the system, it's gone down to 2.7. And mm. over 50 years, that means the economy today would have been 50%, 60% bigger if we'd kept our historic growth rates. Oh, wow. That's a great point. That's a great point. I mean, basically, right now, they should be pulling money out of the system until gold and commodity prices start coming down, down, down. That's what they ought to well, do. And, 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 and stabilize it. You make a very good point that the Fed started undermining the dollar uh, to three years ago, four years ago, it hit in late in 2019 and 2020, which uh, really uh, juiced up the inflation. Gold hasn't done much in recent times, but you know, with that kind of liquidity they have a, a flooding on their balance sheets, it's going to hit. So you're mm. right. Do it now. Less you do it now, you're going to have less pain later. And again, the world crisis, we don't need a bad economy. And yeah, and the other thing is with this oil price. Uh, they don't want to monetize that. I mean, this is a, the mistake in the 70s was that they accommodated and then they went off the Bretton Woods gold exchange and then inflation took off and right. oil prices took off and they kept postponing any tightening. So in effect, they accommodated it. They financed it. You don't want to do that. You don't want one price increase to spread to the entire price index. I mean, this is a time for them to guard against it. And uh, that's another reason they should be withdrawing money from the system. But the point is they're not, Steve. You know, I mean, I'm amused. I'm, look, don't, don't get me wrong. I always like it when stock prices go up. But I think one reason stocks went up so much this past week is a sigh of relief that the Fed's not going to really tighten money. <laughs> I mean, I think and, the, and, mar and, and, the market and doesn't care. And it's a short-term illusion. Uh, uh, the, what, uh, the idea that, uh, oh, if the indexes are going up all as well. Uh, first of all, as we should have learned of going back in history in the late 60s, the index yeah, had uh, ups and downs, but it was uh, starting to flatten out. And then the inflation hit. You can have nominal increases in indexes, but the question is, is are those real increases? Or are you falling for the money illusion? And that's why, not to get investment advice, we're in a period where you better look at companies that pay real dividends mm. and have real cash flows. 
because uh, uh, sky high hope uh, pie uh, that you're going to get a big pie in the future ain't going to be that way for a while. So the Bidens really don't want the Fed to take the necessary steps. I mean, that's well, what this for an election. And then yeah. they got 2024. And so they keep postponing it. And then you find you have a terminal disease. <laughs> that's that's malpractice, economic malpractice. Steve Forbes, you think Biden's going to run again? I don't think he's going to be capable of running. Mm. And uh, and one of the intriguing questions is why, after 17 months, did the New York Times and others begin to say, hey, that laptop of uh, Hunter Biden was real? Why now? I think what, uh, what, what I, do you I, think I, they're turning against I, him. I, I think they're turning against him. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know who's standing in the wings which uh, makes oh. us uh, pray that uh, God uh, loves America. <laughs> <laughs> I want, um, there was a Wall Street Journal poll this week, 52% of likely voters don't think he's going to run, 52%. Only something like 25% think he's going to run. I want Joe Manchin to run in the Democratic primaries. Well, the thing is, if they have an adult running, I think we'll still win. But that way you get a real debate. And uh, instead of just saying hope that uh, the worst doesn't happen. And I think a lot of Democrats are in mood for a real adult. All right, Steve Forbes, the name of the book is Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It with Steve Forbes. Nathan Lewis, by the way, is a great gold scholar. I used to read his stuff on gold, Steve. He's fascinating. And he, 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 is, he is the best. And, yeah. uh, and that's, that's why we take some of the positions we do in the book. And yeah. it's high time we get to the question, how do we make America truly grow again? We've done it before, and now we need it more than ever. All right. Steve Forbes, thank you ever so much, folks. Uh, go ahead thank and buy you, Larry. the book. Yep. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Larry Kudlow. 